Today we're talking, we're starting a new series, we're in a new season, we're in a new year, really. And we're starting a new series titled Roots, and so we'll be in this series for the next couple of, couple of weekends. Right now it's three, but God always does what he wants to do. And so today we're talking specifically about how to hold fast, how to stand together. This is what we're charged to do this year, and how to keep our focus. Hold fast, stand together, and keep our focus. This is what God put on my heart when he placed the grove in our hands. And as we have went, me and Heather went through this over the past two months, and, and today, is, is it two or three, baby? Three? Two-ish months. So for two months, I've been the pastor. This is my first Sunday. I will go home after this. I won't fly back to Michigan. So I'm really excited about that. And so when I was talking uh, to Heather, and, and I seek counsel like every wise person does, as iron sharpens iron, right? I was talking to one of my friends, and he said the exact same thing that God had put on my heart, hold fast and stand together. And I just said, I'm preaching this. I'm preaching this, one, because it's what God put on my heart, but two, God confirmed it in a friend. And so then Hebrews 10.23 says this, let us hold fast, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Everybody say, he's faithful. In 2022, how many of you know that we have to hold fast to our hope, to our faith, to our trust in Jesus? Let me see your hand. Yeah, if you're online, you can give me a wave, right? What's he saying? He's saying, do not waver. Do not waver. There's so many things that make us want to waver right now with our faith. Together. Together means to hold fast. This is Hebrews 10.23. Other versions of Hebrews 23 say this. Instead of hold, hold fast, they say, hold unswervingly. Hold tightly, hold resolutely, hold firmly, hold on to, hold on to. And what it's saying is this, don't let go of your profession. Don't let go of your confession of who you have hope in, of your faith, of your trust in Jesus. Keep that. The second thing we're talking about is standing together. Standing together in uh, Philippians 127, Paul tells us this. He says, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I will hear about you, that you are strong or that you are standing together. You can underline that or highlight that. Firm in one spirit with one mind, working side by side for the faith that comes from the gospel. How many of you know that we must, as a body of believers, stand together in 2022? Must. We must. Everything in, in the world wants to tear us apart, right? And so then, we can only stand together, we can only... Hold fast if we're rooted and if we're honest with each other, right? There must be honesty. And if we're going to grow deeper roots and if we're going to go higher, we must be rooted. Standing together in 2022 means rooted. It means establishing a root system if you don't have that with Jesus. And it means growing in your faith, moving forward in your faith with Jesus. Because John 15 tells us what? Apart from me, you'll do nothing. We are connected. God says you're connected. He says, if you'll abide in me and I abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And then later in John 15, it says, because apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, so then we know that our root system, that our source of life is Jesus. And so the reality is when you're separated from God, you're separated from a lot of things, right? And then we start looking to ourselves. We start looking to other people for the answer or for um, a magic pill and we think maybe a move or a new job or a new drug is going to fix it, and it's really not. It's not. It's Jesus. Jesus is the only answer. And so then the challenge I'm posing to you today 
is the same I'm posing with my family right now. And it's this, we have to gain stability in our house. We have boxes everywhere. The last two months have been a whirlwind. It's like we just stepped out of spin cycle from the washing machine and we're just still kind of gaining our bearings. And so for me, for us, for our house, for this house, for this body, for us as individuals is to hold fast to our faith and get rooted, get rooted. Everybody say, get rooted. Get rooted. And then you want to stay rooted, okay? And so we are still in this place where we kind of feel like we're on extended vacation almost, where it's like, this really isn't where we live. We're, we're going to leave at some point, and we're not. And so it's, man, putting roots in the ground and making it ours. So we need to gain stability. We need to get back in that groove. We need to come back to the Father. God's looking to and fro for those who, who are seeking him. Right. And so that is our charge in 2022. When I was first approached by Billy Wilson with the opportunity here at the Grove, um, the first thing I thought of was Ole Miss. And if you know anything about Ole Miss, where they meet, it's like the Mecca of college football pregame and where they meet. It's called the Grove. There are thousands of trees and they're massive. And um, I was coming I was coming home from an uh, from a coach's clinic one time and I went an hour out of the way to, to take a look at this and see it. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And so when Billy Wilson asked me about this, I immediately thought of that and the life that is in the grove and the joy that comes from being part of and being in it. And so when you think if, you, if you're not a football fan, it's OK. It's, it's not about that. But the grove, what you know when you when you see the grove is man, there's a lot of life there. And a grove is trees and trees and trees. And what you see is there's no thicket underneath it. There's no bushes. The trees are up and there's room and there's a covering and there's a covering when you're in the grove. It's amazing. Over a hundred thousand people gather here every Sunday during football season. It's amazing. And so then when he said the grove, I totally understood what he was talking about. I totally, I saw it in my mind. And so, um, understanding that, um, the third pastor here in recent years, I understand that we have to gain some roots. There has, there must be some stability, right? And anytime a new pastor is hired, a lot of people get fearful and they see change and they think, oh crap, I, I, I'm not doing this again. And so then for us, those who are here, those who are online, by the way, you who are online, thank you. Thank you. From Texas to Oklahoma to Michigan and right here in the Fort Collins area, thank you for supporting what we're doing here at The Grove. That video Lindley shared isn't possible without the people who are giving through that lens right there. And so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting us do ministry, for see lives change. You're, you're a big part of this. And so, so then what I'm after here is not a name change. A lot of people think that, well, he's going to come in, he's going to change the name, he's going to change the place, everything's going to change. And I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to do that. I'm not after a name change. But I do want to solidify culture. I do want to eliminate the shuffle of people coming in that door and out that door and never returning. I do want people to move forward in their faith. Okay. I do want to eliminate people exiting and us not knowing where they are. I do want to cast new vision. I do. We will. I do want to set some roots. I want to gain some stability. I want to grow. I want to hold fast as your pastor and I want to stand together with you as we do this. And so then our transition to the grove is really an answer to a four year prayer that we've been praying. What's, what's great about today is this. If only one person showed up, I'd be thrilled. Guess how many we had in Michigan? I've been preaching online for 90 plus weeks. And so to see your faces this morning lights me up. 
It lights me up. Now, I'm going to get asked by the 7,000 pastors that I know after today, how many people did you have? <laughs> and I'm going to tell them, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There were people, and the gospel was preached. And that's all that matters. And so this is not about becoming a mega church. This is not about you know a, a name. This is not about a place. This is not about a person. This is about Jesus being preached. This is about lives being changed. That's what it is. And so then... God calling us here to the grove is really the next chapter. This is the evolution of the grove, right? We get to step into a new season. And I'm so thankful I get to do it on the first day of the year. Our 2022 will be together. We're going to be together. And it's going to be good. And so then, as individuals, we must hold fast to our faith, to our belief. As a body of believers, we must stand together. As followers of Jesus, as a body of believers, as the grove. Everybody say the grove. So then again, this has nothing to do with a building or a name. Because the reality is we are God's plan for this city. Yes. Woo! You can say and look and be like, well, I can or, I, or, or she or he. or You're God's plan for this city. We're God's plan for this city. God needs you. He's not looking to anybody else. And you can't sit there in your chair and say, well, I'm not good enough. Or I don't have my crap together because guess what? Neither do I. Okay, we're all a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. I'll be a work in progress until the day I die. Okay, and so if you look around the room right now and online, if you have an empty seat next to you on the couch, there's room. There's room for us. And everybody in this room knows somebody needs to be sitting next to them right now. If you do, just raise your hand up. You know somebody that should be sitting next to you. Okay, that's why God's put you here. That person who's on your heart, who you know of right now, they need to be here. Now, that's not going to be, happen by you going and beating them over the head with a Bible. What? Right? It's going to happen by the example that you present to them every day in your life. Jesus should be evident in who you are. Right? And so then, standing together means being consistent in who we are. In who we are. The world is shredding Christians of their inconsistencies right now. Right? Just as bad as the middle of America shredding the East and the West for, for the, our ups and downs with the pandemic. We can't make up our mind on the East and West. In the middle of America, the people who are farming and working, they're just like, we got lives to lead here, okay? We have to go. And so uh, it's so unique driving across the country through Iowa and Nebraska and coming up from Oklahoma through Kansas and stuff. You see, it's such, it's such a very different way of life. It's so very different than how we live over here and over there. And people who are seeing Christians not be able to make a decision or make a dumb decision and not being rooted, not holding fast to their faith and being willing to shelf that to go and do or to be something else is really what's causing the divide in the church. This is not about denomination. It's not about denomination. It doesn't matter if you grew up Catholic or Methodist or Baptist or Lutheran. It's not about that because we should all be locking arms. That's why I love Mason being here. Mason comes from a church across 25. He said, man, I'm just thrilled to serve. I just want to serve. That should be the heart of us as people. And I just want to represent Jesus. I just want to show people Jesus. It's not about these unessential things that I hang on to. It's about the essential of knowing God's my creator, Jesus is my savior, and his spirit works through me. I have the power of God in me when I have Jesus. That's it. And if we'll be that to people we will see the city changed. We'll see the city changed. And so then we're going to hold fast to our faith and we're going to stand together as a body of believers, which means no matter where we are or when we gather, 
We represent Jesus. So it's not about just gathering in this room one time a week, right? You don't come here and plant roots on Sunday and then uproot and go do whatever and then come back and replant. That tree will never grow and that tree will die, right? And so a body of believers is rooted as individuals and as a body, we're growing in our relationship both with God and with each other. So it's that vertical relationship with God and that horizontal, that's the picture of the cross, with each other. And so as we go, our roots in our relationship and our discipleship and in community remain. They don't stop here. So one thing I don't want you to feel that you have to do today is when the service is over, you don't have to rush out because it's the one time of the week that we gather and we gather in the name of Jesus. So you hang out for as long as you want to. I will stay until the last person's here. This is the one time a week you get to do this, to unplug, to reset your heart, to recharge your battery, to go and tackle your week. Because tomorrow, somebody's going to frustrate you. Somebody's going to upset you. Your windshield wipers are going to be froze to your windshield. Okay? And it's going to be on. So then, take time today to soak and be the church. Amen? Amen. And so, when we do that, we become a little bit more like Jesus every week. When I'm rooted right? When I'm grounded, when I hold fast in my faith, when we stand together, we grow. We grow as individuals in our chair time during the week. We grow as a body when we come here, right? And we all leave out that door and we speak the same language. So we heard the same message. We believe the same thing. We unite under the same Jesus. And so then when we do this, I believe our mission in holding fast and standing together and keeping focused, it's coming, should match who we are, should match what people see in us. I believe that the Grove is about life. People come here to find life. And life is, we use that word life, it's disguised as Jesus. It's not a swoop and swap, but once you come here and you get in the presence of God and you worship, when we worship, you experience Jesus. If I had to choose between worship and the message, I would choose worship every time. There's nothing like being in the presence of God. Nothing. There's nothing. I was in my chair time yesterday and... Um, I just got up and started singing and our basement is unfinished right now. And I came up for lunch and Kaz goes, hey dad, I heard you singing downstairs. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like worship because it takes the focus off of you and it puts the focus on God, your creator. There's nothing like it. And so in our new season, we're called to three things. Hold fast. It's Hebrews 10, 23, which is be rooted. Stand together, which is Philippians 1, 27. And to all believers, Philippians 4, 8. Philippians 4, 8 says this. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts and keep your focus on Jesus. To all believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect. This is the amplified version, by the way. Whatever is right and confirmed by God's word. Whatever is pure and wholesome. Whatever is lovely and brings peace. Whatever is admirable and good and of good repute. If there is any excellence... If there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things, which means center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. What are we saying? Fix your thoughts. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. I believe in 2022, God is calling you to hold fast. I believe he's calling us to stand together. And I believe he's calling everybody to be united in the name of Jesus, to fix our focus and to keep our focus on him. We get to lead this. We get to lead this, right? It's going to take every one of us. 
It's going to take every one of us. This is the charge for the growth for us as the body in 2022. We'll accomplish these things by three ways. And it's on the screen right now. Real relationship. What do I mean? Real relationship with God and with others. This is really Matthew 22, 37 and 39. This is what we're charged to do. The, the Pharisees were really challenging Jesus. And, and he said, they say, they say, hey, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to be with you? He says, it's real simple. If you just love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's it. And equally, love your neighbors yourself. He says, if you do these two things, and verse 41 says, everything else will take care of itself. He said, everything else will take care of itself. If you'll love God with everything you have, and if you'll love everybody else like you love you, you'll, you'll experience harmony. You'll experience my will for you on earth, which is earlier in Matthew chapter 6. When you think about that, you realize how much we get caught up in doing. And, and those are the first two things. He says, if you do these two, everything else will take care of itself. But so many times we like to gather in this room, and the person who sits here, that's why I'm so thankful for Robert. Robert is such a great pastor. He's such a great pastor. He doesn't yell at you, right? We've all been yelled at. We've all been lectured to. We've been to high school. We've been to college, right? The reason I love Robert is because he comes up here and he shares the gospel with you. And I'm not going to be a guy who said, listen to what I learned this week or listen to, how, listen to where you're blowing it. These are the Ten Commandments, and this is why you're terrible. I'm never going to tell you that. Because the Bible says, the Bible says this, every person on the face of the earth has fell down, has fell short. We've all done that. So then I can't tell you where you're blowing it. I can share the truth with you. I can share the gospel with you. I can share the New Testament with you. And I can show you because Jesus came, you're accepted. You're chosen. John 15 says you're connected. I can share that with you. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to tell you what I learned. I'm going to share the truth with you. And so then, it, but it takes a step for you in real relationship. Number two is intentional discipleship. What's that mean? You get along with God. You get along with God. This happens in small groups a lot, which is what we're essentially doing right now. But then when you get home, you start prayer time, a chair time, you worship, you sing in the basement. When you don't have a voice, you sing. When, you're, when, when life is the absolute worst, you sing. You get the focus off you and onto God because he's the one who's going to pull you out of it. That's it. And then authentic community. What we have here, be real with each other. Nobody's perfect in here. Nobody's squeaky clean. We've all fell short. The Bible says a righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets up eight. We keep going. Guess what? When you got in this room and you fall down, somebody's here to pick you up. Somebody's here to pick you up and somebody's here to walk with you going to stand together in 2022. It's who we are. Everybody say, it's who we are. Say, it's who we are. All right, then. This is going to require your devotion. Okay, it's kind of the fourth thing. It's an add-on. This is going to require your devotion. It's Acts 2.42. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles, to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. And so then your devotion to what? I'm going to break this down. I'm going to break this down. Your devotion to what? One, learning every day. Learning every day. You never arrive. I have not arrived. I don't know that I'll ever arrive. Learn every day. Be committed to learn every day. It's John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, 
that they may know you, the only true, supreme, and sovereign God, and in the same manner know Jesus as the Christ whom you have sent. Learning starts with knowing God. Learning starts with knowing God. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus tells us to take his yoke and learn from him. Learn from him. So that we're going to learn every day. To learn is to know. To continually learn, you must continually engage. Right? And so it's not, Dusty, I've heard Matthew eleven twenty nine before. I know that. Sure you do. But you don't understand the depth that's in that verse. God's revealed so much to me through that verse. I can't even, it would take me weeks to tell you what God showed me through Matthew eleven twenty nine. And so then you have to be expectant from that. It's not, yeah, yeah, I know John 3, 16. Have you let it change your life? Because if you've heard it and you haven't let it change your life, then it's not done nothing for you, right? So then learning is being devoted to becoming better followers. This is getting closer to God. If the closest you're ever to God is in this room, you might be missing just a little bit. We need to take time in our daily walk. 168 hours in a week. There's 160 hours in a week. Take time every day to see God. Learning is discipleship. It gives deeper roots. It allows us to grow and mature. How many of us need to do that? That's me. Okay, I still got to do that. Number two, love always. We got to be devoted to love always. Again, it's Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Love the Lord with everything you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. First Peter 4, 8 tells us that love covers everything. Some of us know that. We know that. But it's like, nah, I'm still mad at that. I'm still mad at him. It's the matter. Then you're not walking in love. Because love covers everything. And if I can stand here today knowing with full faith, with certain hope, that God looks at me as accepted, as righteous, as holy, as blameless in his sight then I can do the same for somebody else. Then I can see you through those eyes and I can walk in that love when I'm walking with you because Jesus did it for me. And if we believe Jesus did that for for us, if you believe Jesus did that for you, then you can walk in the same love. Love covers everything. That's really simple, but man, we, we like to mess it up, right? And so then here's what you have to do. When you're walking the opposite of that, you're walking in fear and offense. This is the way the devil likes to eat at you, okay? This is where the enemy wants you to live. He wants you to live afraid, and he wants you to live offended. Because if you'll do that, it'll stunt your growth. It'll kill your root system. It'll keep you shallow and on the move, always. You can't hold fast, living afraid and being offended. Jesus is not offended by you. He took everything you have on a cross. He knew, and it sucked, but he did it because he believed in you. You can walk in the same love that he walked in. Number three, be devoted to valuing people. So this is love covers everything, okay? Now, help me see it in this sense. Value people. Everybody say value people. This is important. This is so important. This is Matthew 6, 20 through 21. A lot of people ask me why I shared the scripture for this, and I, and I hope you get the heart behind it. Put treasure in heaven. Put treasure in heaven. Here's what it says. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor dust destroy them or thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart, which is your wishes, your desires, and that on which your life centers will also be. Treasure people. 
value people. God's heart is people. So is ours. We all raised our hand earlier and said, we know somebody needs to be sitting next to us. That's your first step. Treasure people, value people. God's kids in heaven is the greatest value to him. You hold the greatest worth on the face of the earth. For God so loved the world, that's every human being. That's it. And so then, as we walk in love, we value each person. There was a guy walking across the street earlier. I just wanted to give him a cup of coffee. I yelled at him five times politely. Hey, hey, man. Hey, yo. I walked to him. Hey. And he just ignored me. That's okay. That's okay. I don't feel bad because I saw him and didn't say, hey, why don't you come inside and get warm for a minute? I was there and he, I valued him. He didn't look like he had his stuff together, but I didn't, I didn't let that eliminate me from talking to him. Okay? One, I know he's freezing. I know a cup of hot coffee or hot cocoa would do him a lot of good. Okay? I extended, I still valued him. He, he didn't accept, but I still valued him. Value people. This is the heart behind why we give. This is the heart behind why you give. Sit. People in heaven hold the greatest worth to God. They hold the greatest worth to, to you and me. And so then the heart behind the Great Commission is really this. Put treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven is people. It's not stuff. When you die, what do you take with you? I said, nothing. Can't take it with you. Right? Can't take it with you. So what are you sending ahead? People. People. Value people. Here's the heart of the Great Commission, that we would value people enough to lead them, to lead them to heaven. It's not, we're not the ones who convert. We just have the conversation. And those conversations that we have with the people around us as we're examples of Jesus lead to decisions for Jesus. It's because of our example, right? So then we have to be consistent Sunday to Sunday, Sunday to Sunday. And the last thing, we devote ourselves to leading the way. Leading the way. This is 1 Corinthians 5, 3. Paul says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. As soon as I got it and I knew it was hot, fresh out of the oven, I gave it to you. I gave it to you. For when God reveals something to me, I give it to you. It's of first importance. That's why we gather. That's why we gather. I'm super intentional with how I put our messages together. Every, every word on here is prayed for. Everything is written out it's because I believe it's from God. It's for me and for you. This is not something I think, I got, this, I got it all down. No, God speaks to me just as much in these as he does to you. And so then 1 Corinthians 1.9, Paul says again, he says, woe to me if I don't share the gospel. This, this first changed my life. I was leading a great church and everything was on autopilot. And I thought, if this is the greatest cause on the face of the earth, am I doing everything I can? Am I doing everything I can to make sure that people hear about Jesus? And the reality was, no. I was managing something that was really good, and it was growing, and it was awesome. And I believe John 14, 12 says, I've done great things, but because I'm going to the Father, Jesus says, because I'm going to the Father, you'll do greater. And I planted myself on that. We planted ourselves on that, and we went. And now we came. And we believe that greater is going to be done through us as the grove, as a body of believers. Why? Because woe to us if we don't share the gospel. We can't walk around with our noses in the air acting like we know and they don't. If we're not a light to the world and they can't see it, what's the value in it? 
What's the value in it, right? 1 Timothy 4.12 says, be an example in word, deed, purity, faith, charity, love. Be an example. Be an example. To learn more on how to be an example, you can check out Colossians chapter 3 this week. It's rules and holy living. It's our family mission statement. So then in dreaming of the next chapter of the Grove, we're going to transition now. I'm going to show you some pictures if you're ready. I want to honor our past. I want to honor who we've been. I want to honor where we've been. I want to honor where we, where we come from. But I want to move forward toward what we're going to be, who we're going to be. Rooted together with depth and height. Height. We want to grow in our relationship with God. More specifically, being rooted. It's Hebrews 10.23. Standing together. Philippians 1.27. And being focused. Philippians 4.8. And so... A grove defined, this is out of the definition, is a group of trees that grows close together, generally without many bushes or plants underneath, clean, wide open, under a covering. It's beautiful. It's the grove. It's all mess. That's what I thought. How many trees are in a grove? At least three. At least three. And so here you'll see our original graphic. See these three trees? It's not by accident. To be a grove, you have to be at least three trees. Okay? And so then, this is our past. This is who we've been. If you see it, say, I do. I do. But a grove can consist of more than three trees. The average grove is around 1,000 trees. The grove at Ole Miss is not even close to that, by the way. A grove signifies life. It signifies maturity, right? It's green. It's growing. It has a phenomenal root system. We're called to grow for a reason, I believe. It's why when this was presented, the door opened. Robert welcomed me with open arms. His family has been amazing to us. I knew it was, there were prayers that we'd been praying for years that were all answered in one day here. In one day. It was amazing. I, it was so amazing. I didn't even know what to say. I was like, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> this is that. This might be too good to be true, like almost like Ponzi scheme, right? So no multi-level marketing with God, by the way. It's never too good to be true with God because he wants the best for you. He wants better for you than you want for yourself. And so then moving forward, this is how we will look. And this is the grove, the evolution of the grove that Ryan's coming to. Boom. And so... Three trees, rooted. You see the stem, we're rooted, we're together, we're growing. My biggest push was I want something. My, the church I came from, we were moving forward in our faith, and that's great. But we really want to be growing closer to God. We really want something that, that is Philippians 4.8, where our focus is up. And so we use pine trees. And so then, this is this. Here it will be our color scheme. Is all this making sense with the message I've shared with you today? Yeah. Okay. Our color scheme is this. It's very simple. It's green, which represents excellence, wisdom, and love. Sorry. Green, <laughs> growth, renewal, and stability. Gold, excellence, wisdom, love. Pay attention to these. There's so much intentionality behind this. It's amazing that it matches with Fort Collins, by the way. And gray, which is empathy and approachability. Isn't this who we're called to be? Isn't this who we're called to be? Doesn't this represent God? 
And doesn't this represent the growth? Yes. yes. More importantly, outside of representing God, it represents our city. Yes. It represents our city. People right now are going to know, okay, those people are for me. They're for me right now. So then a lot of intentionality into this. So here's the descriptor. When I was talking to the company, my biggest focus was up. And so then the G is a double meaning. It's God. It's the grove. It's, that's number one. Number two is up, rooted, hold fast, right? Keeping focused and people living in community. So you have those three things which represent the grove. All that said, this represents God. It represents who we are. It represents our community. It represents the grove. Will you put that graphic back up? The, the original, Ryan? I'm sorry. The new, the new one. <laughs> You're amazing. By the way, Ryan does a phenomenal job. He comes in, he's scattered a little bit, but he always has it together. And so I'm thankful for Ryan back there. You never see him. And so as we move forward in our next chapter, one, this is not about a building, a place, person this is about you and I think this is going to represent us very well but when people come here they need to know that you are holding fast to who you are that we stand together that we're united that we're of one mind right we are one body and it's up to us to reach the one that's next to us or not next to us today